Grace and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. <coughs> How many of you remember uh, that Gatorade commercial with Michael Jordan? Made in 1992. Uh, and they had that catchy jingle, Be Like Mike. Anybody remember that? Kind of. <laughs> kind of, a little bit. Yeah. Be Like Mike. Oh, man. Uh, you'll have to go home and YouTube it. I tried to get a YouTube video into this thing and it, it just wouldn't work. I was going to show it to you this morning. It's, it's great. But the whole commercial is, is, seems back and forth between Michael Jordan and people who wanted to be like Mike. And so you got Michael Jordan doing something really awesome and then some guy on the playground uh, trying to do something just like him and it was horrible. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is Michael Jordan does it like this behind the back layup and then they show some white guy with a backwards hat uh, fumble the ball behind his back and like throw it like that. It, it just looks horrible. But the whole commercial goes back and forth between Michael Jordan being awesome and people who want to be just like Mike. And so they have little kids going up for a layup with their tongue out just like Michael Jordan would do. They, they had people who uh, shot a three-pointer like Michael Jordan shot a three-pointer. And, and they showed different scenes back and forth. And by the end, the final scene is be like Mike, drink Gatorade. Because the only way that people can be like Mike is by drinking Gatorade. He's far better than all of them. What do you think a movie or a movie? What do you think a commercial would look like if it was uh, a commercial to be like Jesus? Instead of uh, be like Mike, we can come up with some jingle uh, just like Jesus. What do you think those scenes would look like? Maybe uh, maybe Jesus would be outside of a, a first century Christian home and uh, he'd be healing people, and it cut to the scene of you sitting outside your house. Uh, with the two neighbor kids and you're trying to heal them but it's not happening. <laughs> uh, you're kind of just putting your hands over them and the snot's running down their nose or something. Uh, maybe they cut scene and, and Jesus would be out on, on the Sea of Galilee preaching his heart out in front of uh, thousands of people as they line the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. And then it's a cut scene to somebody who's preaching in front of five people from note cards because he can't remember what he's supposed to be saying. Maybe it's a picture of Jesus with all these kids running up and hugging him, and then there's a picture of somebody else and all the kids are running away from them. Um, and everyone's smiling, everyone's having a good time. It's lighthearted, right? But then you get to the last two scenes, and then you see this Jesus on the cross. And I picture the very last scene you and me walking back to our homes. Just like Jesus. What does that mean? Today our core value that we're looking at is we want to be more like Jesus, and yet what does it mean to be like Jesus? And the good news for you and me today is that we get to hear directly from Jesus. As we do so from Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 21. It's in your worship folder. It'll be up on the screen here. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? 
Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Jesus is about 30 days away from uh, his crucifixion. The event right after this is going to be the transfiguration when Jesus goes up on a mountain with Peter, James, and John, and he changes into his heavenly glory. And right before that, Jesus says, Look, disciples, I've been going around preaching and teaching for three years. What's the gossip about me? Who do people say that I am? Oh, some say you're John the Baptist reincarnated. Some say you're, you're Elijah. Some say uh, you're some great prophet. And Jesus said, Okay, who do you think I am? Peter stands up and he says, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ of God. And Jesus says, very good, Peter. This has been revealed to you by my Father, but don't go and tell anybody. Don't go and tell anyone. Why? The Jewish people had a a false sense of what the Messiah was going to be. They had the Old Testament scriptures, and yet what did they do? Uh, they kind of went buffet style in the Old Testament. They picked and they chose what verses they wanted to uh, believe. And so they picked all the verses that talked about the Messiah ruling, about the power that the Messiah was going to have, about the glory that the Messiah was going to have. And guess what they chose to leave on the side? The ones that talked about the suffering servant. The ones that talked about he's going to be pierced for our transgressions. He's going to be crushed for our iniquities. They decided to leave those on the side. And so there was a big misconception about who the Messiah was and what his purpose was going to be. And so if they started going around saying, hey, Jesus is the Messiah, guess what all the Jewish people were going to do? Let's make Jesus king. Let's set up his throne. This is great. He's going to politically rule for us. He's going to take out the Romans. And he's going to be a a nationalistic power here in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, that's not my purpose. I didn't come for that. That's not what the Messiah is about. And this is important for us as we look to be more like Jesus. We have to realize what Jesus is all about. And so your first point today is just like Jesus starts by knowing Jesus' purpose. It starts by knowing His purpose. What's His purpose? He says in our opening verses today, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus didn't come for earthly popularity. He didn't come for earthly glory. He didn't come to make his disciples' life great. He didn't come to have this huge following so that he could set up his throne here on earth and rule. That wasn't his purpose at all. His purpose wasn't glory now, it was glory later. But how would he get that glory later? It wasn't by triumphing on earth against physical, political opponents. It was by triumphing over the spiritual darkness known as sin, death, and the devil. And how does Jesus triumph over them? By being rejected, by being killed, and being raised to life on the third day. Jesus said, this is my purpose. My purpose is to come and free you from the spiritual darkness of sin, death, and the devil. And how do I do that? How do I triumph? It's by dying. It's not by receiving glory and power here on earth. It's by dying. And that's what he did. 
He went to the cross 30 days later. And on the cross, He died for each and every one of your sins. Each and every one of my sins. And when He died there, He freed you from sin, from death, and from the devil. They no longer control you. Guilt no longer controls you. You are forgiven. You are freed from their power because of Jesus. Because His purpose wasn't earthly glory. His purpose was to free you from the spiritual darkness that is in this world. And now Jesus says, if you want to be like me, if you want to be my disciple, join me against the spiritual forces of evil. Join me on my side. And how do you do that? Just like Jesus, deny yourself. That's the first way. Just like Jesus, deny yourself. Do you know how hard it is to deny yourself? Everyone who has tried to be on a diet knows exactly how hard it is to deny yourself. Especially if you've ever tried to be on a diet during this time of the year, the holiday season, right? Uh, Especially now that Halloween's done, you've got probably candy in your pantry. And uh, you're trying to watch what you eat, and guess what? That candy's just calling out to you, calling your name. And you're starting to think, you know what? One won't hurt. They're not the big size candy bars. They're the fun size or the bite size. One won't hurt. Uh, And it's hard to deny yourself, right? It's hard to deny yourself that new iPhone that just came out. It's hard to deny yourself that Amazon purchase as it's sitting right in the cart right there. And it's on Prime, so it's two-day shipping. It's hard to deny yourself that new shirt from Target, from Kohl's. And yet... This isn't the type of denying yourself that Jesus is talking about. Jesus isn't talking about denying yourself a new purchase, isn't denying yourself a candy bar. He's talking about denying yourself sin. Denying yourself when it comes to temptation. Because remember, He has freed you from the spiritual darkness over here. He's freed you on your side, and now the spiritual darkness is tempting you to come back over. And Jesus is saying, deny yourself. Deny yourself sin. And so what does this look like? I feel like this, but no. God's Word says this. I want to do this, but no. Because God's Word says this. That means I deny myself, my wandering eyes, after other people. It means I deny myself the desire uh, to only work when the boss is watching. Only work hard when the boss is watching. It means I deny myself the desire to yell at the person who just cut me off and say all kinds of nasty things at them. It means I deny myself the desire to be disrespectful to my parents. It means that I, I deny myself the desire to go further with my boyfriend or girlfriend than God's Word says I should. It means I deny myself in every single way when it comes to sin. Jesus says, you want to be like me? Deny yourself. Deny yourself temptations and the sinful pleasures of this world. And then he says, you want to be just like me? Pick up your cross 
and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. To be sure, Jesus' cross is different than ours, isn't it? Jesus' cross was all about paying for the sins of the world. He went to the cross, and when he died, he paid for the sins of the entire world, and he paid for your sins. He doesn't ask you to even pay for a single one of your sins. He says, no, I got those. Every wrong that you've done, Jesus said, I've taken care of. I've gone to the cross for it. You're forgiven. You don't have responsibility of that. Our cross is suffering that comes for the name of Jesus. That's our cross. And Jesus says, pick that cross up and follow me. There's a story of a man who, uh, his corporation was taking a guy's trip. <clears throat> and from the last year that they went on the guy's trip, he had become a Christian. And so he was all nervous. So he went to his pastor and said, Pastor, I'm really nervous about this guy's trip. Uh, you know how these trips are. Guys get together, there's drinking, there's cussing, there's talking about bad about their wives. And, Pastor, I'm not like that anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm not like that. I don't want to be like that. And I'm afraid that when I go on this trip that they're going to make fun of me when I don't uh, partake in all of this stuff. And the pastor said, well, thanks for coming to me. Let's pray. And so they prayed for strength. They prayed that God would give him strength and motivate him to live his Christian life. The next weekend, the man showed up for church and the pastor said, hey, how'd that conference go? Did you, did you get made fun of? Were, were they demeaning to you? And the guy said, no. The pastor said, that's great. And the guy said, they never found out I was a Christian. You see, the cross that Christians face, the cross that you and I pick up, is abuse, whether it be physical or verbal abuse, for the sake of Jesus. And the cross that that man could have picked up was the cross of saying, guys, I'm not like that anymore because I found Jesus. I know who Jesus is. And yet he put that cross down. Not all suffering is a cross though, right? Accidents happen. Sicknesses happen. Disease happen to both Christians and non-Christians alike. Suffering in general is not a cross. It is specifically suffering for the name of Jesus. That is our cross as Christians. That is what Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Be like me and do that. And so a cross could be this. You pour yourself, your time, your money, your resources into somebody and they don't even say thank you. They're not appreciative. That could be a cross. It could be a cross as you're planting gospel seeds and you're telling people about Jesus instead of being receptive to it, they're demeaning to you. That's a cross. It can be a cross when your best friend no longer wants to talk to you because you don't condone their lifestyle, the way they're living their life. It could be a cross uh, as uh, your boyfriend breaks up with you because you won't go as far as he wants you to go. It could be a cross as you look at your government and say, I don't care what you do to me, I'm not going to recant my faith. I'm not going to say, I don't believe in Jesus just because you say I shouldn't. These are the crosses that you and I face. And Jesus says, you want to be like me, pick up your cross and endure the, uh, the shame and the punishment that comes from the world because of it. Be on my side. Don't be over here. Because guess what? Temptation is coming from the spiritual darkness to pull you back. And part of that temptation is persecution. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. 
Boy, that's hard. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, man, our core value is we want to be more like Jesus. How in the world could I ever do this? How in the world could I ever make this happen? Uh, Because uh, when we stop and think about it, we don't have to think very hard to, to think back to times when I didn't deny myself. That I very willingly put down my cross and went the opposite way of Jesus. And so how can we become like Jesus? The answer? Jesus lost his life so that you could be just like him. Jesus lost his life so that you could be just like him. Do you know what's the really good thing in this whole section of Scripture? You can look back and look it over. Jesus doesn't say, Hey, disciples, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me, and then I'm going to go suffer and die for you. That's not what he says, right? He states what he's doing first. He says, I'm going to go suffer, I'm going to be rejected, I'm going to die. That's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to free you from all the spiritual darkness. So pick up your cross and follow me. And that's a very significant difference, isn't it? Because your forgiveness, your salvation, doesn't depend on how well you deny yourself. It doesn't depend on how well you pick up your cross and follow Jesus. It depends all upon Jesus, right? And what do we see from Jesus? Perfectly denies himself his entire life. He perfectly fights against temptation every single moment of his life. If you want an example of it, go to Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus is in the wilderness and Satan comes to tempt him. Jesus perfectly denies every single temptation that he faces. And then, of course, what do we see at the end of every single gospel? Jesus goes to the cross. And there, he says, it's finished. Your salvation is complete. Your sins are forgiven. Why would Jesus do this? Why would He do this for you? Why would He do it for me? Why would He do it for everyone who has ever lived? It's because He loves you that much. And truth be told, He wants you to be just like Him. He wants you to have control over your anger. He wants you to have control over your eyes, your hands, your mouth, your ears. He wants you to control every single part of your body to live for Him. And yet, what does He know? He knows that here on earth, you have sin living in you, just like I do. He knows that on earth, you're going to have temptations from the spiritual darkness known as sin, death, and the devil. And He knows we're not going to be able to be like Him here. And so what did Jesus say? He said, okay, I'll become like you so that one day you can become like me. And Jesus, the God of this world, came down to, to earth where he lived like a human being, able to face temptation. Never before did he ever, was, ever, was he ever tempted, but now he faced temptation. Never before did he ever have hardships, now he has hardships. Never before could he die, and now he did die. Why? So that your sins are forgiven and heaven is open to you. So that one day when you die, when, when, when you leave this earth, you'll go to heaven. And there, you will be just like Jesus in every way. Perfect. 
No temptation will ever touch you. No shame will ever come to you because of Jesus' name. It'll only be joy and smiling faces, uh, just like the commercial, as we're just like Jesus every single day in every single moment of our life. That's what Jesus has done for you. And now he says, because I've done this for you, follow me. Don't live in death anymore. Come live in life. Fight against those spiritual forces and follow me because I'm leading you to eternal life where you can become just like me. As we close up here, there's one more question that we need to address because it's important. Why would we ever want to do this? This sounds not like a fun time, right? I have to live this life and deny myself, deny my pleasures, deny my happiness sometimes. I have to endure ridicule and verbal persecution because of Jesus. Why would I ever want to do this? Because through Jesus, we don't lose anything. But we gain everything. You see, through Jesus, what do we gain? We gain peace. Through Jesus, we gain a guilt-free life. Through Jesus, we gain an identity. Through Jesus, we gain a purpose in life. Through Jesus, we gain the forgiveness of sins. We gain heaven. We gain the opportunity to become just like Jesus when we reach heaven. And so, yes, we want to deny ourselves. We don't want to live in this anymore. We want to live for Jesus. And we deny ourselves pick up our cross, and follow Jesus. And the more we do that, the more we become like Jesus until that day when He takes us home to heaven. As we go about this life, we won't do it perfectly. There'll be times when we don't deny ourselves. There'll be times when we put down our cross. And so what do we do? We rest in what Jesus has done for us. We rest in the fact that He denied Himself perfectly. We rest in the fact that He went to the cross for us where our sins are forgiven. And then we once again pick up our cross and we follow Jesus. May God be with you this week and always as you rest in that forgiveness and you pick up your cross and you follow Him as you become more and more like Him until that day comes when He calls you home to heaven when you will be just like Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You for coming to this earth, becoming like us, that we may be like You. Uh, as we live our life in this world filled with temptations, filled with shame for your name, we ask you to motivate us, to strengthen us with your forgiveness, with your love, uh, to live a life for you. Be with us today and always uh, until that day comes when you bring us home to heaven when we are just like you forever. Amen.